0: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, a clam found off the Florida coast is thought to be 214 years old.
1: Tony Kornheiser, just like Louis Kornesecka. Wilbon, let me Yo. ask you a question. What? Would you eat that clam? Would you, no, I don't you eat clams. that clam?
0: I'm, oh, not a, oh, no, really? I'm not a clam guy, no. A oh, seafood, yes, a fish, t- but not shellfish. Let me ask you something, though. Is any coach yeah. other than Larry Brown been better to you and your youth than Louis Carnaseca Huh? Louis Seca was like a
1: dad to me. I love him. Oh, I know. You know I love him. I, I love him. Welcome to Roger. PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Kevin Durant takes the court for the Suns. Your boy Aaron Rodgers is pondering his oh. future. And Tim yeah. Kirchin joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the news that Jalen Carter, The Georgia defensive tackle, who has been projected to go as high as number one in the NFL draft, will be arrested in connection with the fatal car crash last month that claimed the lives of a Georgia teammate and a staff member a couple of days after Georgia's victory over TCU in the national championship. Carter was allegedly racing against the car where the two people died and is charged with misdemeanor, reckless driving, and racing.
0: Wilbon, what questions does this raise in your mind? Oh, Tony, a million. At 2.30 this morning, because my team holds the number one pick, the Bears, I was texting on a text Mm. chain of other Bear fanatics, and I was talking about the ways in which the Bears could trade down twice and still get Jalen Carter. Two, I couldn't even sleep. I was so excited about it. At 9 a.m. out here in the mountains, I was going, oh, my God, what does all this Mm. mean? What does this news mean? What does this developing situation mean? And, Tony... We don't, there's still, we're at the beginning of the possibilities of whether there's a cover up or misinformation or denial or inaccurate information on the part of law enforcement. We don't know any of this yet. But it all comes into play because I know there are plenty of people that think that Jalen Carter is the best player in this draft and could go, when I say number one, if not number one, certainly top four. What does it all mean? Do you want him? Do you want what seems like reckless and irresponsible behavior? Is he being accused Mm. inaccurately or unfairly so far? There's a million questions, none of which we have answers to at the moment.
1: So when I first heard this, my mind went immediately to Brandon Miller, the Alabama basketball player who has continued to play. And I'm going to consult my notes because I want the words right even though it has been alleged that his car carried the gun, which, again, is allegedly used in the murder of a young woman. And I thought to myself, this is, this is an example of somebody being connected to something sad and terrible, whether they have intent or not. And then let me shift to Jalen Carter now. This is similar to me because he's being accused of reckless driving and racing in connection with an accident, that took the lives that resulted in death. Does that mean yes. he's directly responsible? No, I'm not saying that. But what we have heard so far is that there's recklessness before with this same vehicle that he went 89 in a 45 zone. We have heard that he left the accident scene early. We've heard that the first time he talked to the police. Um, he told them a story that turned out not to be true, his original story. So, what it means for his career, I don't know, Mike, there's always a team that'll take somebody because of the lure of talent. But there may be yeah. other teams who say, is this a character flaw? Do we yeah. want to get involved here? Is he contrite right. enough?
0: Will he go through counseling? I mean, it, it yeah. puts into play yeah. things that were never in a play last things. week. Never. No. They weren't in play at 2 o'clock in the morning. When I was texting people talking about, can we trade down twice and get him? But now this, if, yeah. if we look at the football part, just the football part, it was, it's a long way away from two lives lost. And we say, well, what does this mean for that? Is it board rearranging? What does it do for the sports part of it? And then you still have lives lost. And is there a connection? And, Tony, that connection may not be legal in terms of liability, but there still is a connection. So, man. Let's move to the NBA, where Kevin Durant is less than 90 minutes away from making his debut with the Suns, much awaited, as they visit the Hornets in Charlotte. Durant's old teammate Kyrie Irving missed a game-winning shot last night, attempt, and is now 1-4 when playing with Luka. Tony, which of these stories is bigger to you?
1: Uh, There's no question that, to me, the bigger story is Kevin Durant, because he can transform the Western Conference playoffs with Phoenix. It, it, it's that simple to me. He is an unstoppable offensive player. There's nobody quite like him. And the only question is, can, it, can his body hold up? I'll keep this brief about Luka and Kyrie. I, I mean, you know, a week ago, a week and a half ago, whenever this happened, everybody in Dallas, and very specifically Jason Kidd and Mark Cuban, made this seem like this was a gift from heaven to have these two guys together. And now they're one and four. And the only team they beat is San Antonio, which is a terrible team. And you have sat on this set, and you have yelled at at, uh, Luka for being a baby. And nobody in his right mind thinks that Kyrie Irving is out there for anybody other than
0: Kyrie Irving. So this thing could go south. Totally south. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. Dallas is like, very quickly can they become yesterday's news. And I know that Jason Kidd did sound that very positive, optimistic note when he got him. But Jason Kidd also very quickly said, hey, grow up. And Jason Kidd understands he's played for championships early in his career, late in his career, lost a couple, won a couple. He knows what he's saying, and he knows what he's saying. And so that's over here now because they're one and four, and they're no threat. They really aren't. They're not a threat this year. I know Dallas got to the Western Conference Finals last year. That was kind of a fluke with that weird Game 7 win at Phoenix, and now we get to Kevin Durant. Tony, Kevin Durant, when he left Russell, and he left Russ, and he goes to Golden State, where it's just about basketball. No drama. He joined the Splash Brothers, and he joined Steve Kerr and Draymond Green, and they don't do drama. They do winning. They do basketball. They go in the lab every day, and that's what Kevin Durant's comfortable with. He's in with Kyrie in Brooklyn, and there's more drama. There's drama all the time because Kyrie majors in drama. And so Kevin Durant says, okay, enough. Well, what reminds you of Golden State if you're not going directly to Golden State? Phoenix! Chris Paul and Devin Booker don't have drama? There's no drama out here with this franchise. Kevin Durant's going to show up and play basketball. Are they going to be great right away? I don't know, but they got every chance. And if they fail, it ain't going to be because nonsense. They're going to play basketball starting tonight, and I can't wait to see that.
1: He can actually transform a team by himself. We saw him do it at Golden State. They won before him, and they won after him. But then the two times he won – He was a finals MVP. Not Curry, not Thompson. Kevin Durant, he's that good. We now move to golf. Golf Week was first to report that the PGA Tour will take their designated tournaments, and those are the ones where there is really a lot of prize money, and make them reduced fields and no cuts. Wilbon, will this strengthen or weaken the PGA Tour?
0: Tony, I don't think it's going to do anything to the PGA Tour. I think the PGA Tour is fine. I think there's a sort of an overreaction and then perhaps even an overcorrection if you will, in reaction to live, And I get it. They needed to react to this. And by the way, so much of what Phil Mickelson said at the time and was pilloried for has come to pass. And Phil might have done it you know, a little clumsily or very clumsily, but he was right. And the, the, the PGA sort of reacted by adopting half the things that Phil suggested at the time, I don't think it's going to do anything to the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour has been fine, is fine, will be fine, and will continue to act in accordance to what Live does. React, that's what rivals do. That's what you do when you think there's a threat perceived to your business model. But is it going to affect the PGA in any tangible way? Not to me, not as an observer.
1: Okay. They're going to have, well, as an observer, it will affect it, and I'll get to that in a second. They're gonna have nine designated tournaments. They're gonna have fields of about 70 players and they're gonna have no cuts. So what the PGA Tour is doing to fight the Saudi Tour is becoming the Saudi Tour. And you're 100% right that Phil was 100% right. Look, this is gonna help their television ratings because there are more tournaments with Rory and Rahm and Spieth and Colin Morikawa and and Justin Thomas. They're gonna be at the top of the board all the time. It'll help their ratings in that regard. I am not thrilled about this, and the reason is I think that this hurts the golfer ranked between 70 and 90 or 100 who's trying to get out there as often as he can and get in a tournament and make some money and go up the charts. This is going to be harder for him now. Now the PGA Tour is going to be like Q School, that you're going to have to win the tournament that you're in to move up. I think it's going to be sort of like a closed set. And I think it's going to be a golden corral fountain of money for Rory and Rahm and people like that. And other guys, I think, are going to be left out in the cold. I'll just say this, that no cut. Jay Monahan looked at no cut in the Saudi tour and said it was garbage. And now he's got it. Let's take a break. Yeah. Coming up, will the new pitch clock actually work to the pitcher's advantage? We're going to ask Tim Kirchner.
0: We're also going to ask Timmy whether he expects the increase in stolen bases to continue into the regular season. But Tony is not going to affect me so, as a viewer. I'm going to watch. I'm okay. going to the same. Well, you're going to see better habit. tournaments.
1: But what about what Tiger said? Tiger said, go out there and earn it. Put your hands in the dirt. Well, you're not yeah.
2: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Must be 21-plus in present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Let's dig into how baseball's new rule changes have been going with our great friend ESPN baseball analyst Tim Kirchner. Let's start with this, Tim. The headline here, of course, with Wilbon and me, is that the games are shorter. But if you were to pick a word for the new rule changes, how they are going, What would your word be?
3: Well, I need two words. It's surprisingly well. I expected to be a revolt at these rules. And instead I'm amazed how well the players have adjusted to the rules so far, especially the biggest rule, the pitch clock yesterday, fellas, I was with the Mets. I must've spoken to 20 guys on their team and not one of them complained about any of the rule changes today. I was with the Yankees. i talked to 15 guys. Not one of them complained about any of the rules, especially the pitch clock. And yesterday the Yankees played, a game without the pitch clock, meaning it didn't even work in the ballpark they were playing, and they still played the game in two and a half hours because the players have already started to adjust to things. Two days ago, I saw a 12 to 7 game that lasted two hours and 59 minutes. This time last year, that game lasts four hours. I did a game yesterday that had 21 strikeouts and 15 walks, and we got it done in just over three hours last year that game takes four hours and 15 minutes clearly things are moving quicker and the players for the most part like it
0: well one of those guys tim max scherzer is so thrilled with the pitch clock he thinks it might work to his advantage now do you see most pitchers that you've (laughs) talked to seeing it that way as well for whatever reasons
3: Yeah, the really good veteran pitchers absolutely love this. Justin Verlander looked at me yesterday and said, love the rules. Garrett Cole of the Yankees told me today, love the rules. And Scherzer, the mad scientist, loves the rules more than anything because now he can mess with the hitters. The other day, a hitter stepped into the box with 18 seconds left on the clock. And Max Scherzer went into the stretch and he stared at that kid for 14 seconds seconds. Scherzer <laughs> told me earlier in the spring, eight seconds when you hold the ball is an eternity. He stared at that kid for 14 seconds. He was totally frozen, petrified up there because a veteran pitcher is just staring at him. He didn't know what to do. Our great veteran pitchers will find a way to use the rules to their advantage.
0: All right. Speaking of using the rules to an advantage, Tim, you and Tony and I are old enough to Remember base stealing for real. And it didn't have to be sort of produced base stealing up 40% so far. Are you expecting that to continue once we get to the regular season?
3: No, I am not. I think the stolen bases will go up, but not in a significant way. The same Max Scherzer told me, here's the difference between the bigger bases and the smaller bases. All I have to do is now be 1.29 to the plate instead of 1.30, typical Max Scherzer. He's already done the math on all of this. So he doesn't think the bigger bases will make any sort of big difference. And the whole disengagement rule with the rubber is not gonna make a big difference either. But I do think we'll see more steals and more people in motion. And that's what we're looking for, more action.
1: Uh, We'll get you out of here on this. And I know that you were one of those people because we've talked about this you were one of those people who looked at the rules and you wondered, is it too much too soon? Are there too many rules? How is it going to work? Manny Machado was very vocal a couple of days ago about the, the essence of, don't tell me how to play this game. I've been playing this game for a long time. And he was the first guy to get a strike called on him in the, in the batter's box because he wanted everybody to see that he didn't particularly like the rule. He has said that the commissioner is going to have to adjust the rules if they're not working for the players. Do you see Rob Manfred as being open-minded to that?
3: Only if things go totally haywire. Like, before spring right, – first day of spring training, before the game started, a veteran starting pitcher, a really smart guy, told me, you watch – after two weeks of spring training games, we're gonna change some of these rules because they're not gonna work. Two weeks, he said, well, we're a week in and I just don't see any evidence that that's gonna happen. And I checked with a major league baseball official who I was watching a game with the other day. And I said, what are the chances of you guys saying halfway through spring training? No, this isn't working or this rule isn't working. This rule isn't working. And you either take them out or adjust them. And he basically looked at me and said, I don't see that happening. I think we're going to, to the regular season with these rules. And unless there's a complete blow up in between. And frankly, at this point, I don't see that happening.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Th- thank you, guys. Tim will be in the booth tomorrow for the Phillies and Red Sox at noon Eastern from Fort Myers. Let's take one last break. Still to come. Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Breaks his recent silence
0: about his future. Can't wait. That that that's for other shows. That's not for this show. How about some praise for Theo Epstein, by the way? Amen to Theo Epstein for getting these rule changes right. And the Milwaukee Bucks slipping the first place in the East. Should we expect them, the Bucks, to stay there? No, wait, we don't you do, do Aaron talk about Aaron
1: Rodgers.
0: No, you don't. No. Happy
1: time, people. Have 23rd birthday, Tyrese Halliburton. Technically a leap year baby. Halliburton was a first time All-Star this year for the Indiana Pacers. He's averaging 20.1 points, 10.1 assists per game, which nobody knows because nobody pays attention to the Pacers because they're not a playoff team. Halliburton, a 6'5 guard, was the number 12 overall draft pick in 2020 out of Iowa State where he was a 50% shooter from the floor, 42% from three. Halliburton was drafted by Sacramento. But last February, he was part of a big trade that essentially sent him and Buddy Heald to Indiana for DeMontis Sabonis. That trade has made Sacramento into a playoff team for the first time
0: since 2006. Tony, what you have to do as a team, if you're not picking in the top three or four, you gotta get lucky somewhere in the teams, maybe at the end of the lottery or beyond the lottery. We've seen this with Kawhi Leonard, Antetokounmpo, Halliburton not of that class, not yet. But I wish the Bulls had taken him instead of Patrick Williams with the fourth overall pick. He was the guy people passed on and missed.
1: Happy anniversary Northwestern basketball. On this day six years ago with only 1.7 seconds left in regulation, Northwestern went the length of the court to beat Michigan at the buzzer. That was the season the Wildcats finally made it into the NCAA tournament their first ever. Northwestern was an eight seed. They took out a nine Vanderbilt before losing to a 2 Gonzaga. Northwestern has fallen out of the top 25 since losing at Maryland last week, but Jerry Palm, who does bracketology for CBS, projects Northwestern as a five seed in the upcoming Ooh. NCAA tournament, Ooh. and Joe Lomardi, who does bracketology for ESPN, has Northwestern as a six. So I don't want to hear you whining that you're not getting in the tournament. You have Penn State
0: tonight at home, and you should win. Well, it's senior night at home, Tony. Uh, we want to you know, certainly honor Audige and Bowie and other seniors We need to win that game, having lost consecutive games on the road. One in Illinois, we're up by 18 at the half. Need to win tonight, get back on the right track. I'll stop whining, but I'm I'm nervous. We've been in once. You understand why?
1: Happy trails to the umpires in the bottom of the ninth of yesterday's spring training game between the Orioles and Pirates. The umpires left the field after Baltimore's Josh Lester grounded out in the top of the ninth with the Orioles trailing 7-4. That was the end of a regulation game. Pittsburgh won. They didn't need to come up to hit. But the Orioles wanted to give one of their pitchers some work, and the Pirates agreed to bat in the bottom of the night. That's not uncommon in spring training. But the umps didn't agree, so they left. Orioles catcher Maverick Handley acted as catcher and umpire, and Handley said of the experience, quote, luckily there weren't any real borderline pitches that were taken. They were all swung at, unquote.
0: Tony, you think they had a tee time? I mean, the umpire, that's, that's what pitchers <laughs> do in spring training. They leave for their tee times. How about that? <laughs> if the umps had a local tea time at like 3 o'clock, they could get, you know, like 12 holes in before it got dark. How about that?
1: All right, we're running out of show. Let's go to the big finish. The Bucks Let's do it. have won 15 straight. They have inched ahead of the Celtics in the East. Is that a big
0: deal? No. <laughs> no. The Celtics aren't going anywhere, neither are the Bucs. I mean, it's probably the Eastern Conference Finals, even though I had Philly in there. Aaron Rodgers told the Aubrey Marcus podcast he's hoping to make a decision soon. I know you hang on every word of this junk, your thoughts.
1: He also said that if you don't like the drama, stop paying attention, but I hope he does right. for the sake of the country. He's right. The Eagles hired Sean Desai as their
0: defensive coordinator. Is that okay by you? Yeah, used to be with the Bears a couple of seasons ago. Sure, of course. Bruins won their eighth straight. You've got to continue to be impressed. They're setting records. I know it doesn't matter if you don't win the
1: Stanley Cup to them, but they're setting records. They're that good. They are. Last Way one, break. Nets and Knicks tonight.
0: Seven straight for the Knicks because the Nets stink. How about the Knickerbockers, man? That looks like an attractive first-round possible series with Cleveland and the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, Chicago zone. Go, man, go. We're out of time. Try and do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheimer. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. Tony, the Knicks, there's plenty of time and room for you to jump on that bandwagon. just like you and Stephen A. And Max, that's about it. Here's SportsCenter.